Hello, travellers, and welcome to Tales from the Dark Dragon's Inn, Season 2, Episode 13, A Great, Big, Giant Kind of Problem. Before we get started, a personal note. If you have been anywhere on social media in the past few days, you'll be aware of the political climate in the States, and indeed, the world. This week has been hard for a lot of people, for a lot of reasons. I wish deep down there were nothing to talk about, but there is, and I can't stay quiet. I don't talk about it a lot, or at all really, but I am an assault survivor. The events in question took place more than 25 years ago. I was a kid, and the details are still as vivid as though they happened yesterday. Every week we say it, and we mean it. The scales of justice are here for you. We stand by the victims. Whether you've spoken out, never come forward, or never will. We believe you. We're here for you. We love you. And I'm sorry deeply for the state of the world we live in. I'm right there with you. This week, we have the whole crew. Hi, I'm Vinny. My pronouns are he, him. I play Murren, the half-orc monk. His pronouns are he, him. I'm Liz. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Toby, the tiefling warlock of the Raven Queen. He uses he, him. Hi, I'm Tom. My pronouns are he, him, and I play Urbach, the lizard man wizard. He uses he, him pronouns. I'm Nina. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Mix, the Asimar warlock of the Fae. Her pronouns are also she, her. And I'm Ray, your host and game master. I use he, him pronouns. I play Scrawl and the Doomsinger, who both use he, him pronouns too. And I also play just about everyone else. Thank you for listening, everyone. It means a lot to me. Without further ado, let's get on with the escapism, shall we? Come in, come in! I'm so glad you made it. It's horrible out there at the moment. But don't worry, it's nice and safe in here. Warm, too. Here, have a towel. We've been warming them by the fire and there's cocoa coming around for everyone in the audience. I think the Doomsing is concerned people might get a bit too shaken tonight. Welcome listeners, one and all. I greet you here in our humble home to tell the tale of Justice's Fall. A tale I regret is all my own. I wish tonight I could simply sing, perform, or play. To treat you dearly, we'll have to wait for another day. For tonight, our tale takes darker turns, as the scales of justice is future burns. A monstrous creature without sight is how we start our tale this night. There are several shelves in the room that you are in mix, covered in books. There is also a reading lectern, as well as the desk, and the halfling whose backpack you successfully cut off. So as you're wandering back towards the dead halfling, you do actually notice that there is an open book on the lectern. It's got to be it, right? It could be. There are several other books here as well. Okay. I want to look at the book that's on the lectern, see if I'm feeling that this is the right one. You go over and you read the book that is on the lectern. And as you begin to read the words, 
of the book in front of you, you hear an almighty roar from the floor below, loud enough that the floor itself seems to shake. I dropped the book because I got spooked by the noise. I'm going to pick the book back up and I'm going to keep it. I want to hurry along now because that noise made me feel quite unsettled. So I'm going to keep that book. So I just want to have another look to see if there's any other book I see that looks like it's worth taking. Maybe I'll just stuff my bag full of books. Who knows? Well, there are several books here. (laughs) Mix walks out with a library. (laughs) There are bookshelves that seem largely undisturbed and there are a number of books on them. You definitely remember what it looks like for sure. So describe how you believe the book looks. I believe it looks like a red leather bound fat almanac type book. That's definitely something you would carry around to cast magic in the streets. Mm -hmm. It's a fancy wizard one, right? So it's got to be fat. So you are looking through the shelves, leafing through. There's actually several books here that are bound in red leather, but there's one that is particularly dark. And interestingly enough, there are markings all along the spine of the book that are obviously a language of some kind, but it's not one that you recognize. Ooh, this is the one. This is the one. And I'm going to take it. Well, no, 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 no. Before I do, is it in the bookcase? Before I take it out, I'm going to feel around the books around it in case it's rigged because, you know, this is the book, right? So I'm going to put my hands up against the books, try and push them back a little bit to see if there's any mechanism. You push some of the books next to it to one side and they don't seem to react at all. You have a look around on the shelf and there doesn't appear to be anything unusual preventing this book from being moved as far as you can tell. In that case I'm going to put my hand on the book, close my eyes and then yank it out. You yank it out and it comes away. It's it's really heavy. Big big thick tome. And there is actually a little latch on the front. Ew. It's latched shut. Doubly sure this is the one. It's the wizard's diary. I mean, if he was that fancy of a wizard, yeah, for sure. Well, you've got the first book. Yeah, and now I have this book too. Are you taking them both? Yes. The first book I'm taking because, I don't know, I have a feeling that maybe it's something else that could come in handy. But this one... So what do you do with the books? You just stuff them in your bag? I imagine Mix would stuff the one that she knows is right in her bag. But the other one, hold on to and maybe have a nosy as it. Um, But before I leave the room or anything, go back to the body and then just check any pockets for a key. Because seeing as how the journal is bound, not that we couldn't break it, just want to see on the off chance he's holding the key to it. So you move over to the dead halfling. And this time, when you start patting him down, the body does not move. Oh, good. So you pat down the halfling and... And you don't find a key. What you do find is a small velvet pouch. And you pull it out of his pocket and you unroll it. And there's a set of small tools in there. You've never seen anything like it. And you have no idea what they are. Hmm. But they're shiny. These might come in handy. And I mean, he's not going to need them, right? <laughs> oh, God. No, he's definitely not going to need them anymore. I take them. feel like there's another instruction that Mix has completely thrown out the window. <laughs> yep, going to keep these. So, Marin. <sighs> okay. You are looking up at the gigantic visage of a leathery-skinned, hulking mass of a creature with long, clawed arms, and you can see that it has multiple eyes and a large, fanged maw. And right now, is it beating either of us? Toby made a noise, so it turned out of the room, and the moment it heard the noise, it started charging down towards you, has turned past Scrawl, and is looking around the room, 
screaming. Right now, it has not made any hostile actions directly at anyone, so you don't know who it's targeting. But I get that it's completely disregarded Scraw, who would have been first contact. Right now, I'm just trying to, if I can even look underneath his legs or just to the side to try and catch Scraw's gaze. We're obviously just past its side. I'm just going to try and motion to Scraw. Just put a finger on my lips to make no sound. You gesture towards Scraw and you catch his eye, but you indicate for him to be silent. You don't know whether or not Scraw has paid attention to you. You can tell that he's seen you. I look behind me. I'm going to... Is that some furniture behind us? Yep, this is a standard living room, so there's a few couches. But they're pretty low then, right? Yeah, exactly. Again, there is a wood-burning stove in this room. There is a large rug. There are two small, low couches. There's a small set of drawers towards the front of the room and a small table with a single chair. It's a fairly plainly decorated room. There's a set of stairs that lead upwards, and those are in the front left of the room. You would go into the stairs and then up towards the right tables directly below the stairway. The space underneath the stairs, is it boarded off? No, the space underneath the stairs is actually a window. You reckon this is probably the window that Urbach was peering through earlier. Oh, Christ. If I was going to try to make my way over to get underneath the staircase could i do that i mean it's it's not far so i'm gonna try and tiptoe over beneath the stairs by the window so you creep over across the living room to the space under the stairs in front of the window as you move over there you realize that being in front of the window the light from outside even though the curtains are drawn there is enough light outside that when you move past it you block some of it and cast shadows around the room but the creature doesn't seem to respond. It's kind of thrashing around. I'm going to ready a dart. Um, The trigger is going to be if it makes any movement towards Toby. You stand in readiness with the dart over your shoulder, narrowing your eyes at the supermassive target on the other side of the room. Toby. Seeing Marin back away from the creature, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to try and sneak to behind that couch, I guess. Because I want to be far away from that thing. Oh, fuck my <laughs> <laughs> It begins. Sorry, Toby. You're moving away behind the couch. Yes. As you move away, it doesn't immediately react. It's still currently bellowing and thrashing around its head like it's looking for something. And you start to sneak away. And as you get to the couch, yep. you trip over the back leg as you go to crouch down and you stumble just a bit. <clears throat> And you look up and you see that the head is looking directly where you're hiding. This time, the sounds it's making do not make any sense to you. Are you actually ducking behind this couch or are you standing? Yeah, I'm making myself as small as possible for a six foot tall thing with horns. It is now the turn of the giant monstrosity as it laser focused on the noise that you made is going to storm into the room and it's just snapping blindly at the air in the direction that you're in. (laughs) Smashing around, it slams its jaws shut and they smash together over your head. It then 
swings an arm, and with one swoop, the couch in front of you just goes flying, crashing into the wall next to it. Oh, jeez. You can take your dart attack if you want to. This is definitely a hostile action. So you are knocked prone as the creature runs over, snaps at the air above you, smashes the couch out of the way with one clawed arm, and then swings around down again. It's almost like it's not targeting you, it's just flailing wildly. And when its claw connects with you, because you're crouched, it just slams you to the ground. And as it does so, you can tell that it's aware that it has hit something as its head whips around towards you and snaps inches from your face once more. You can throw that dart if you want, Elmer. <laughs> I was initially trying to... It was going to be used as distraction to throw a dart at its head. Mm, this is going to go horrible. <laughs> As the creature snaps down on the air above Toby, you throw the dart and it hits the side of its face and it just goes and it turns and slashes around again, flailing wildly. And obviously the only thing nearby is Toby. (laughs) (laughs) That's a natural 20. Oh God. Yeah, that hits me. All that gold. Okay, I'm not dead. As you're landing on the ground and it wildly flails, its claw just backhands straight into Toby's torso, hits his solar plexus as the air goes... I do actually have a question. If Toby dies, what happens to the contract he made with Urk? Guess you'll find out. (laughs) Again, the creature seems laser-focused on Toby once more. Scraw on the other side of the corridor seeing this and seeing how it reacted to noise. Hey! Ugly! Over here! And he just starts waving his glaive around, and he charging down the corridor, away from Toby, screaming, Ah! He is rage running. (laughs) Because he is going to use his full action to double dash down the corridor. Just imagine back in Doom seeing a scene, (laughs) scroll wrong past the room. He's wildly waving his glaive. He's slamming it into the walls as he goes, just creating as much noise as he can. What does the Doomsinger do? He will ready a spell. Firebolt. Stands in readiness to hit the thing with a firebolt. Urbeck. After witnessing all of this, I... Hmm. Do I see it? Do me. Does he do any kind of visible action? And though he's like preparing his fireball. Is he obviously readying himself that I would recognize? Yeah, he's obviously readying a spell because it's a somatic thing. I imagine he's doing a bit of the Colonel Mustang holding out his hand, ready to snap his fingers and... I put out a hand just to stop him and put a finger to my lips, just to try and emphasise that I really don't want him to do that. Hmm. I just did a quick sweep of the room in my eyes. Is there anything that looks like it would make a noise if shaken? Looking around the room, on a nearby set of drawers, you see a small wooden box that looks like it's probably either a jewellery box or a cosmetics box. It's probably got things inside of it maybe from your vantage point that's probably the best you've got i'm gonna walk over to the corner of the room very quietly the opposite corner to doomsinger you stumble over 15 feet towards the wall away from the door of the room then i'm going to quietly cast unseen servant at the spot just next to the little jewelry box i'm just gonna leave him parked there for now we cut back to Mix, who is busy stuffing her pockets and her bag. Looting! She is looting! Faintly, ever so faintly in the distance, you hear a voice that sounds like Scraw, 
screaming, come and get me! And then you hear very faint clanging noises. All the while, you're still hearing the bellowing roar. Mix is going to look at the journal she didn't pack away. And as she's reading, walk out the room and make her way towards the screaming. And So you step out of the room and looking to your right, that appears to be the direction that the sound is coming from. You can see that the hallway appears to open out into a wider area to the right of the corridor. Are you going to try and stealth now? or? Yeah, after reading what I've read in that journal, I'm going to quickly stuff it in my bag and then try and stealth my way to where that noise is coming from. You begin sneaking down the corridor towards the source of the noise. Unfortunately, you must have not really absorbed the information in that book as well as you thought, because you didn't think to check for traps. So, as you're walking down the corridor, you don't notice the bright blue orb on the side of the wall begin to glow as you get closer to it. Oh shit. Oh fuck. (laughs) As you are sneaking carefully down the corridor and you begin to near the area that opens out into a larger space, you can see that at the top of this landing it leads to a stairwell and you think, great! And as you're walking towards the stairwell, you're so absorbed in the information you're processing the information you read in the book you do not notice as a ball of lightning shoots out of the wall and slams into your back your body shakes violently as you take the damage and you are a little bit more wary of traps yeah as you turn the corner facing directly ahead of you On the open landing is a table, a chair, and a single book with a small lamp that is not turned on. To your left, there is a stairwell leading down, and you hear pained noises coming from below. Mix is impulsive, so she'd come back for the book later. She just she's going to be careful. How are you looking for traps? What sort of traps are you looking out for? One, looking for more floaty orbs. So the orb came out of a glass piece. That was, as you were hit by the lightning afterwards, you turned around and you saw that there was a very visible glass orb in the wall. You're not sure what the trigger was, but that's obviously where it came from. So I'll keep an eye out for more of those along the wall. And I'll also look at where I'm placing my feet in case there's anything that looks like it's loose or potentially that's more worn down or anything like that. You make it to the top of the stairwell without further harm. So you are now at the top of the stairwell. No one else can see that you are currently on my way at the top of the stairs. Marin. I'm just going to buckle down and ready Already another dart. Um, from my angle, can I see back through the corridor? You wouldn't be able to see anything down that hall. Well, I heard Squall shoot down the corridor screaming. So I'm going to stick with the dart if it goes for Toby again. Because I worked so well the first time! Can I see Toby? Toby? Yeah, I'm just going to lay on the floor. I'm just going to stay where I am. I'm going to hold my action to take a potion until it's far enough that it's out of Toby's line of sight. Until then, I'm going to lay on the floor and try and dissolve through it. Fuck getting hit by that thing again. Hey, I see you reaching for the skip button, but listen, there are a ton of fantastic shows out there. Here's one you could be missing out on right now. 
The world of Ostia has changed since a party of adventurers saved Orenthal from the sinister Whispered Ones. The future seems bright as people revel in a world rebuilding from the Cataclysm. Magic is common and new technology solves old problems. Yet clerics and paladins find their magic weakened. And there is a chilling rumor that a powerful deity has died, or at very least, vanished. Join D&D Raw as our two diverse parties of adventurers explore the world of Ostia for our new actual play campaign. Find us at dndraw.com. See now, was that so bad? And now, on with the show. Now it is the thing's turn. It is indeed going to move away from you, out of the room, charge down the corridor. And Scrawl's making a lot of noise, so it's just going to use a double dash to get right up in his face. As the thing goes by, you are back to the Doomsinger, take a step back and press himself against the wall, lowering his hand as the creature runs past you both towards Scraw, who then lays into that motherfucker. Of course he does. Scraw is going to reckless attack because he is furious having seen Toby get fucked about and Scraw is slashing away and with this thing at close range he just can't get the angle and the first attack with his glaive goes through the side of the creature who seems completely unfazed as it's charging towards him and once it clears up and squares up the space he is completely unable to move his glaive around and he looks up and is starting to absorb quite how massive this creature is. What does the Doomsinger do? Right now you can hear that the creature's waiting on scroll, right? I guess Doomsinger will just huddle up into the doorway. So the Doomsinger reaches out and tries to cast Tasha's hideous laughter on the creature, and it seems completely unaffected. Oh, darn. He turns and looks at Urbach. This thing is really, really stupid. And he is going to move back and away into the room, because he doesn't want to suffer the consequences of being loud behind that thing. Urbach. Hmm. Okay. Knowing that this thing is apparently dumb, that's quite useful. I order, mentally, the Unseen Servant to pick up the jewellery box and walk into the corridor towards the other door as far as it can. It picks up the jewellery box, walks out into the corridor, shaking it as it's going. And then... Herbert is going to move slightly closer to the centre of the room so he can just about see through the door to what's going on. Or at least do his best to, anyway. From there, you can probably see the back of the creature. That's all I need to see for now. I'm going to prepare to dodge out of the way if anything goes flailing at me, whilst being as careful as I can watching what's going on. Mix, you're at the top of the stairs. You heard Skrull yelling and... Taking a very, very deep breath. Going to cast Disguise Self. I'm going to make myself look like the dead halfling. So how tall is Mix? Five foot ten. So you can make yourself no shorter than four foot ten. It's as close so as I can you, get. So you will be a four foot ten. I'm going to very quietly try making my way down the stairs. You take a few steps down the stairs and you still can't quite see clearly into the room, but you can just about see over the banister now into the room. And you can see that Toby is just lying still on the ground. In that case, the first thing I'm going to do is go over to Toby. And you run down the stairs and over to where he's at. So you, you are looking down 
at a badly beaten Toby. Also, he doesn't know that it's you, so <laughs> that's going to just freak him out. And now you're standing over him. Temporarily forgetting that I'm in a different form, looking at Toby's reaction to this new person being like, Toby, it's okay, it's me. It's who? Toby, it's Mix. Mix is not a halfling. Marin. Well, I'm just confused as fuck then. This is just weird. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck this person is. So I'm going to move over. I just rush in and get in between. And I'm like, who are you? M- Marin, it's me. It's Mix. Person, whoever they are, doesn't appear to be acting hostile, at least. And then for the rest of my turn, I just stand there, incredibly confused, just staring at this dwarf. <laughs> Toby. I'm confused because there's a very tall halfling telling me that they're mixed, aware that at the moment Scraw is fighting presumably on his own. So I'm going to go to the hopefully still dead bearer and I am going to cast Witch Bolt. You stand at the other end of the corridor and you begin to focus on your crystal and you summon the energy for the spell and then you see the creature raising its arms to swing down its scraw and the moment of hesitation that you have in anticipation of the blow, the energy dissipates. Fuck. As you summon the energy for your spell, the creature, as it's about to snap towards Scrawl, stands bolt upright. It's almost like it's shocked, and its head whips around. And it turns, it puts its hand on the wall, and starts feeling its way down the corridor away from Scrawl. And its head is hunched, and it's slowly weaving its head backwards and forwards. And it's saying the same word that it was saying before. It's about halfway down the corridor towards you. <laughs> Scrawl screams, Go back, you coward! Oh, God. Oh, boy. And he goes charging down the oh, corridor God. at it. Classic Scrawl. Oh, no, Scrawl. Well, we saved him from getting punched, I guess. He runs up behind it. And he is going to reckless attack again. Oh no! No bad scrap. As he runs up behind the creature, wildly swinging his glaive, slashing it in the spine over and over again, seems completely unfazed. And continues to head towards you, Toby. And its noises now, instead of being rage-filled and roaring and bellowing, they're almost quite meek and mournful. <laughs> What does the Doomsinger do? Doomsinger's gonna try vicious mockery. So Doomsinger's like, Your mama's so ugly that you 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 turned out like that. <laughs> um, Solid. He's more scathing uh. when he's insulting people. <laughs> so I think he just stays there flustered and he looks at Obak, you know, this usually works a lot better. And it is your turn, Obak. Obak is now trying to work out what to do with regards to a, a big scroll stabbing it in the back. But that thing where it turned when it heard Toby, very interesting. And that's pretty dumb. I'm going to see if I can read its mind using detect thoughts. You try to reach out for the mind of this creature. And as you do so, Doomsinger's words echo in your mind. It's really, really stupid. <laughs> you sense nothing. 
There's no feedback whatsoever. All my respect for this creature immediately plummets. <laughs> I snap out of it and I order the give my little servant to walk into the room opposite, still shaking the little jewel box. It walks between the legs of the creature. It does not seem to be paying attention to it. Hmm. I'm going to take a single step up as well just to see what's going on better. You take a step closer to the door to get a better vantage point. Mix. I want to try and get everyone's attention. As you walk into the corridor, you look down and you see that the creature is moving towards Toby with its head shrugged and it's making weird noises. As you look up at this creature with its head bowed walking towards you, you see that its eyes are completely covered in milky white cataracts. It's completely blind. I am going to use my once a day radiant soul and hopefully the party notice this. And what I'm going to say to them is everyone, please stop attacking him. You still look like a halfling? Yes. It is blind. Well, I don't want it to see it. I want my party to see me. As a halfling? As a glowing flying halfling, yes. I think you just blinded Toby. You've all been in darkness most of the time you've been in this house. Not total darkness, but dim light at the very least. Marin, the instant the wings pop out, I think, yep, that's mixed. And then I hop over just to the corner here just so I can still see. And then I look down the corridor and then look back at Mix and Toby. And then I just do a big old shrug. Toby. To be fair, it attacked us first. Can I see that it's coming towards me in a much different way than it was before? So... Oh, for fuck's sake, isn't that one? <laughs> I don't think you can read its mana necessarily, but it's obviously not charging at you. Besides, my persuasion was very high. It was, but there's still a giant in the corridor coming towards Toby, and it has recently almost killed him. I'm not going to attack it, but I am going to back up. And I'm going to hold Sacred Flame in case it does attack me. So you start focusing on the energy of your Sacred Flame, and its demeanor changes immediately. Oh, shit. <laughs> It's going to charge. Oh, no. You summon up your sacred energy and you launch it. The flame collides with the beast's chest and dissipates out. It definitely impacted. Mix. The creature charging forwards lashes out and bites down at you. Toby, you watch as the creature rushes forwards and with both hands on the wall, lunges and snaps down to the right and its jaws snap around Mix and it launches her up into Ah! the air and slams her down on the ground. You are definitely unconscious. We are down. (laughs) We're fucked. This is not how I thought things would go. As it throws Mix up into the ground, catches her in the air in its mouth and slams her to the floor, it whips its arm out sideways. It's one of those gently moments where the arm whips around and your head steps backwards and the fist plows through the wall, taking a huge chunk of it with it. And then the second arm is actually going to haymaker around and go for you as well. Both arms just smash through the wall, taking huge chunks out as it begins bellowing and roaring. Makes his unconscious on the ground. Scraw is going to charge into the back of the thing. I think first he screams and seeing that it doesn't react, he just charges down towards you all. Slashing down, his glaive is rebuffed as the creature is whirling its arms. The second blow manages to land a a deep gash across 
the side of its neck, but the creature just seems completely unfazed. Urbat. Moving up to him, peering around the door to see what on earth is going on. Oh, this looks bad. He knows that Scrawl is there hacking away at this thing, so there's a good chance if it does anything, it might go for Scrawl first. However, knowing where this thing is, it'd be pretty useful. So he's going to launch a mind spike at it. So, focusing his mind, he sends a sharp spike right at the creature. You try to focus on the mind spike against this creature, and if it reacts, you can't tell. You watch very carefully as Mix lies on the ground in front of the creature, breathing heavily in her unconscious state. Marin, unconscious Mix at your feet. Big, angry giant in front of you. Mix is out and it's it's still attacking. I'm just going to go try and hit it with my mace. You whip out your mace, disoriented by the halfling with wings becoming mixed. Despite the fact that you knew that's who it was, it still was unsettling as you're distracted as she falls to unconsciousness on the ground and you try to smack the creature. It lands, but the hide's so thick that it seems to have no effect whatsoever. You follow through with a blow from your fists and unsurprisingly, it's just as ineffective. Creature is completely unfazed and it's like punching a stone wall. Oh shit. I just turned to Toby and I'm just shaking my head. Instantly, what I do is cast Spare the Dying on Mix. What type of magic is Spare the Dying? The School of Necromancy. I crouch down next to Mix with the hand I've got the crystal tied around my wrist on and touch her shoulder and I say there's like, like a magical aura around my hand as I'm casting Spare the Dying on Mix. As you cast this on Mix, the giant creature in front of you looks really confused and frustrated and starts smashing the wall next to it, flashing out, flailing at the wall. And it seems to have reverted to muttering over and over again, smashing the wall, getting very emotional. And then it turns and looks at the direction of the source of the energy that you have used on Mix. And it does not attack. You're not sure if it's just you from the angle that you currently are standing at, but it looks like it's a little bit smaller than it was. And now it is Skrull's turn, and he's going to keep stabbing it. And it's looming over you, and it's leaning towards you, just sniffing around you. Martin was the Doomsinger dude. He's gonna step into the corridor. He can see that Mix is down, right? Yeah. I'm looking at Healing Word. He steps out to the corridor. Mix, it's time to get up now. And as he does so, he magically imbues his words. The energy passes from him through the creature and down into Mix. As this happens, the creature's head whips around again. Mix, as you hear Doomsinger's voice settle down in your ear, it's time to get up now. Your eyes flutter open, you see the backside of the giant squatting over you as it's turning in the corridor. Urbeck. Stupid, blind, peanut-brained thing likes to rely on sound, then in this case I'll give it all the sound it needs. And I'm going to focus and cast Toll the Dead on it. What school of magic is Toll the Dead? So as you focus on the chimes and the sounds of bells and you summon up necromantic energy to direct at this creature, you sense the moment where your magic connects with it as its head is already looking in your direction and it turns and tilts its head at you, lowers its head and it puts its front arms down on the ground as though it's going into all fours and it reaches out its head towards you. 
and you all watch as it begins to shrink. And as it's shrinking, it is moving towards Urbach on all fours. It's almost a supplicating gesture. Its head is bowed as low as it can go. It's almost like it's kotoing. It's groveling as it's moving towards you, making this warbling noise. And it gets smaller and smaller, and the thuds of its arms against the ground become small pats as it becomes approximately large dog-sized. And it's moving towards you, and it looks up at you blindly, breathes heavily. (sighs) Shock. Hmm. What languages do you speak? I definitely don't speak Abyssal. It's not speaking Abyssal. Common, Dwarvish, Elvish, Draconic. The word Korshak, now it's saying it in isolation. As much as it's not quite Dwarvish, but it's very similar to a word in Dwarvish that means to serve. And thinking about the shape of this creature's fucking mouth, you expect it's probably garbling it. But it's effectively trying to say, to serve, in Dwarvish. None of the rest of the noises or sounds or seeming words it said mean anything to you. But this word, now that you're focused, now that it's saying it in isolation, and it's doing these supplicating movements, seems like it's saying, to serve. Ah. At this point, it is small dog-sized and is standing just in front of you, groveling effectively. Hmm. I gotta help mix up. You've solved my gigantic fucker puzzle! <laughs> no. Get out. Hmm. I... This thing must be... Oh, it must have been a, d- a dwarf or the wizard was a dwarf. I, it seems to be obeying. Going to walk over to this now shrunken creature and sit down by it and I'm gonna pet it. As you walk closer to Urbach, it turns and it backs up against him. And as you start sitting down, it goes... Mix, Mix, I don't think you should do the thing that I think you're going to try and do. Remember the rats, Mix. Remember the rats. Oh, this this has nothing to do with the rats. That thing can hurt you more than the rats. Can I use Fae Presence? Mix, you suddenly appear ethereal and Fae. How? I'd say that there's this glowing warmth to me. It almost looks like my cheeks are glowing a warm pinkish red color and anyone within my vicinity who's affected by this would just feel relaxed and calm and safe. Okay, so Urbeck and Doomsinger both feel like that. The thing you're actually trying to affect is... I quickly tell it to stay. I won't move any closer to it, but can I toss it a ration to see how it reacts to food? You throw it a ration, the ration bounces on the ground, its head is directed at you, but now that you're not making sound, it's not entirely sure where you are. I'm going to try and soothe it in Dwarvish. There, there. It's a friend. Friend. Well, it's petting it. You pet it, and it doesn't necessarily seem soothed, but it relaxes a little bit. But it's almost like it's not that it was afraid of her. It was that she was getting close to you. I motion for everyone else to come join us. And I pull out the book that I've been keeping in my back. Not the important big red one. This tattered old journal. Um, Guys, I, I know what this thing is. As everybody starts approaching her back, the thing backs up towards it and its head starts lashing around. It doesn't grow in size or anything, but it stands up on its hind legs again and looks threatening. I immediately yell the word, no. I just say, no, stay. It ignores you completely. It doesn't move, 
but it doesn't seem pacified at all. Hmm. I think we'd best keep our distance from this. It seems to be not quite as, well, cooperative as I thought it would be. So in that case, slowly and quietly walk toward Myrn and Scraw. As you walk away from Urbach, it becomes much more passive and loses interest. It's... Is Scroll still in fighting stance? Would have just saddled up to the side of him and put a hand on his back and just tried to lower his spear. After you've encouraged him to lower his glaive, he walks over to the wall and slumps against it, exhausted. He looks up at you and nods. Too tired for words. I also give Scraw a pat-pat. Also, I would like to give Toby a very big hug. I'm going to move to the side to let Doomy out. As the Doomsinger starts to move, the thing realises there was someone there and starts stressing. But as you walk out into the corridor, it follows you closely, and then the Doomsinger walks out and joins everyone else. I think the doctor has made a pet. <laughs> Mix is hugging me, and I'm wincing because I imagine I'm still in a lot of pain. I don't think it's a pet we want to keep. I'm so glad you're okay, Toby. And it's not a pet. Uh, I won't be if you keep hugging me like that. Oh, sorry. Toby is so selfish. <laughs> Toby is in a lot of pain and got slammed against the ground, okay? I realise this also happened to Mix. Well, Mix is just happy no one's dead. Mix takes out an old, badly treated looking book and shows it to those of you who are able to see. I open it up to the page that I found particularly pertinent to the situation so they can actually have a look. I'm going to approach slowly, coaxing the dog along, until it starts getting a bit too restless for my liking. As you are walking towards other people, it follows, but as you get closer to the others, it hangs back just a little bit. Unlike when they were approaching you, you approaching them doesn't necessarily seem to make it react in any way. But it seems to be very keenly aware of where you are at all times. And that is all we had time for. Join us next week for episode 14, Justice Divided. Don't forget to check out our Patreon, now featuring exclusive audio content as well as written character lore and chances to influence the future of our campaign for everyone at the $1 and above tier, as well as complete, unedited, actual play audio released days after recording, now up to episode 19, for all patrons at the $5 tiers and up. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash darkdragonsin, and there's a link in the notes. Until next time, travel safe, and remember, in this realm or the next, the scales of justice are here for you. Always. Always.